Let's get ready to roll. Lead Like a Lady features amazing women at the top of their game who know what it's like to be the only woman in the room. They're here to share their stories, inspire greatness, and provide advice to all the women coming up behind them. Now, here's your host, Army veteran and retired FBI assistant special agent in charge, Gina L. Osborne. Welcome to Lead Like a Lady. I'm your host, Gina L. Osborne. So this is our last episode in season one, and I am so impressed by all of the women that have come before us. But I wanted to pay tribute to one of my role models, Orange County Sheriff Sandra Hutchins. It really wasn't until the last year that she and I became personal friends. For about two decades leading up until that, whenever I'd see her, I would just watch and I would learn. A Southern California native, Sheriff Hutchins began her career in law enforcement as a secretary. Some deputies encouraged her to apply, and she graduated from the Sheriff's Academy in 1978. She rose up the ranks to Division Chief of Homeland Security with the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. That's when we crossed paths back when I was a young squad supervisor for the FBI working counterterrorism. I remember her always being calm, always deliberate, never in your face. She was a silent warrior. She always got the job done. In 2008, Sandra Hutchins became the 12th Orange County Sheriff and the first female sheriff. She beat out 48 candidates in a nationwide search after the former sheriff had been indicted by the FBI. I remember seeing her for the first time after she became sheriff. We were in this room full of chiefs of police and were probably the only women in the room. I didn't want to make a spectacle out of it, um, but that sense of pride was just brimming inside me. You know what I'm talking about. Whenever there's the first anything, I think I said something profound like, you go girl. She knew what I meant, and she smiled. Sheriff Hutchins beat cancer in 2012, not missing a beat in her sheriff's duties. After 40 years in law enforcement, she retired in 2019. I ran into her after she retired, and she told me she wanted to write mystery novels. I'm a writer, too, so last August I asked her if she'd be interested in taking a UCLA extension class where we would write an entire novel in 10 weeks. She signed up right away. I got waitlisted and thought, would it really be a bad thing if I didn't take this class? I got in, and after 10 weeks, we both actually wrote the first draft of our novels by December 9th of 2020. The cancer took her three weeks later. I didn't even know she was sick. She showed up for class every week and she just did the work. How's that for being a good role model? My friend, Prosecutor Tracy Miller, and I were introduced by Sheriff Hutchins. We went on to do a podcast called Behind the Crime Scene and featured Sheriff Hutchins as one of our first guests. Her message was so empowering and her advice was so real, I wanted to share part of that interview with you. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired. Gina, you and I have had so much in common because we've admired Sheriff Hutchins' leadership for so many years. When I first met her, I watched how she interacted with other law enforcement agencies, being the chief law enforcement officer in Orange County. And I went up to her and I said, nice to meet you. I'm adopting you as my mentor. 
<laughs> Whether you want to be or not, you have to now be my mentor, please, because I was so in awe of your leadership. Where did you learn that? You know, leadership is it's such a personal thing to everybody. I've read on leadership for decades. I always studied leadership and leadership qualities, good and bad. And then it's been trial and error as I've gone through my 40 plus year career. I've learned from some of the worst supervisors what not to do and the worst leaders what not to do. And, and so there's a lesson there, whether someone's a good leader or not, there's always a lesson there. And then, but I think at the core of, of my leadership style, value people, value people. And, you know, our best contributors, our best employees, we very seldom tell them what a good job they're doing because they always do a good job, whether we, you know, whether we say they are or not. And we can't remember, we can't forget those people. You know, we spend a lot of our time dealing with people who aren't doing their job very well and we mentor them and, and we counsel them and we try and get them to that level. But you've got to value everyone and make sure they know that. And that's part of giving them the tools that they need to do their job. But they know if you genuinely care about them or you don't. So you've got to, if you don't generally care about people, you're not going to make a good leader. You have to really care about what they do. So and true. And as a leader, you have to accept when things go bad, that's on you. When things go right, that's on your people. Mm-hmm. They make you look good every day. When I got there, when I was going out into the public and things were just great on the sheriff's department, people, thank you for what you do, sheriff. I go, it's not me. It's my people. 40 years is a long time to be in law enforcement. What gives you the courage to stand tall in the face of adversity? I know who I am. I know what I believe in. I know what I stand for. One thing I have learned, particularly being a politician, and and it's true, there's politics and leadership, whether you're a politician or not, right? (laughs) Particularly in law enforcement, you know, it's all political, whether you're in a political position or not. You're going to have critics. Those could be your people that work for you, those people that you work for. You're going to have that tension. You're going to have those critics. And you have to know when people are throwing stuff at you, who you are, what the truth is, and hang on to that. And don't let what people say about you impact you as much as possible. Yeah. Does it hurt sometimes? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you got to put it in a box over here because that's just someone's opinion. You may, you may check yourself and say, gee, is that true? If it is, work on it. If it's not, move on. It's their problem, not yours. Do you ever take anything personally? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it hurts at times. It does. And it hits that core inside of us, you know, that weak spot, like when you, that, that we're not quite sure of ourselves. We're, none of us is 100% sure that we're doing the right thing all the time. I mean, we're all human beings and we make mistakes, but I think the difference is, uh, can you listen to the criticism? Can you look, look at it uh, objectively and see if that does apply to you? You know, is there something you do need to change or not? I mean, having to look at it and then move on. It does no good to carry that around with you if it's not helpful. So when you first became the Orange County Sheriff, you came in following Sheriff Corona, who was serving time in prison. Did that change the way you led in the beginning, this department that was new to you? 
Yes, yes. Because remember, the, the agency, the people in the agency were still reeling from this public embarrassment, not just the sheriff, but the department was being criticized every day in the paper over something. It almost became a feeding frenzy of sorts. And so coming in, particularly as an outsider, they didn't know who I was. And, it, and they're not going to know overnight who I am. You have to demonstrate through your actions who you are. So there was this mistrust, and I totally understood that. I would not have trusted me coming in either. <laughs> don't know the person, you know. Right. So it took a while. So I, I came in pretty cautiously. I kind of, and I've always done this. If I went into a new assignment, say I've got promoted, now I'm going to a new assignment, assess the situation. Don't start making changes day one because you heard you know, in the press, or you heard from somebody that this was a problem. You have right. to go in and see with your own eyes, identify the issues, identify the people, see where your strengths are, identify what your priorities are, and focus on that. But you have to bring your folks along with you. You can't just go in there and, you could, it's not, I should say, you could go in there and issue edicts without any conversation, but it wouldn't be very successful. So, you pull together the people, you involve them in the process, you paint the picture. I kind of knew what the end of the story was going to look like. The people in the sheriff's department did not. And so you have to bring them along. Little changes are big changes. This sense of leadership by knowing who you are and being authentic to who you are, is that something you developed along the way or you had as a brand new deputy when you first started? Did you have that same sense? No, I developed it along the way. Oh, absolutely. You know, when I was a deputy, I thought I would never be a supervisor. I <laughs> and there's days I wish that was true. <laughs> but when, you're, when you're a line officer or a deputy, it's a big responsibility. But typically, at the end of the day, you're done. Your shift is over and you're done. Um, when you're a supervisor, investigator, Sheriff, you take a lot of stuff home with you in your heart and in your mind. What do you think about you being the law enforcement leader for the entire county and being a woman? How did that impact your leadership style? You know, I'd like to say it, do it doesn't. And I try and keep, uh, everybody tried to put gender. When I first got appointed to sheriff, the first question I was asked by the media is, how does it feel to be the first female sheriff? My answer to that was, I don't know what it feels like to be a male sheriff. Draw the distinction. So, and somebody kind of said, "Oh, she got the job. She got appointed because she's a woman." Yeah. So, you know, that's not true in Orange County. It's a miracle. Um, exactly. But, yeah. So, I, I guess I've tried to keep gender, you know, separate. I, I want to be judged on my abilities. The gender question. I mean, I'm glad that now there was a female sheriff in Orange County because I think women see that as, gee, it's possible. It's possible. I mean, we shouldn't even have be having this discussion. Is that possible or not? I, I think it's great. I don't think it affected my, my leadership style, but as you said, Tracy, you look around and there were some days I, I didn't even realize I was the only woman in the room. It became <laughs> just the norm. Right. And so I, I try not to let it change the way I do business. I think that women bring a certain, I'm going to stereotype a little bit, but I think women bring something to the table and men bring something to the table. And 
uh, we shouldn't try and be like each other. We should be who we are and, and bring our strengths in. You know, I, I see some women, they try and adapt. If they're in a, a male-dominated organization, they kind of try and adapt their style to a male style. And again, I'm being very general uh, about that. But I think you've seen that. I think you yes. know, you've got to be true to who you are. And that goes to you, your, you personally, how you interact, and your leadership styles. It's a very personal thing. So true. I remember when I was a young supervisor back in 2003, and I had met you for the first time. And I think we were working terrorism or some sort of terrorism related incident. And I just was in awe of you because there weren't very many women out there. And I went into law enforcement in 1987 when I joined the military. You were a decade before me. And I've always appreciated the women who came before me because they made my road easier. You and I had lunch and you were telling me the story about women in patrol cars. I think that would be an interesting story to share. Yes. And this was before my time. And I certainly think these women, like you said, Gina, I too thank the women that came before me because the women that came before me, at one point, they were just allowed to work in juvenile investigations. This is Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, but the other Sheriff's Department were the same. They could work juvenile investigations or work matrons in the jail. <laughs> in the women's jail, they called them matrons. And in the 70s, in the early 70s, they decided to experiment with women going to patrol. So they asked for volunteers and they got six women, but they had to go out in, uh, to patrol in a short skirt. They were short at the time. Mini skirts. Yeah, little mini skirt, little black mini skirt, a white, uh, white shirt, and a black handbag, high heel pumps, and they had to carry their gun in the handbag. Oh my God. Now, those women that went out, although they were set up for failure, they kicked the shoes off and jumped over fences and they did what they had to do and paved the way for me when I first went to patrol then in the 1980, I was wearing pants. And I didn't realize at the time what a tremendous jump that was. <laughs> and, and flat shoes and actually have a gun on my hip, not in a purse. That's incredible. When you think back through all of the leadership that you've had and, and the leadership you've done in two agencies, if you were going to tell the young deputy you in your 20s some advice, what would you give the young you? What advice would you tell her? Dare. Get yourself out of your comfort zone. It's okay to fail. Don't wait for someone to tell you you're ready. Jump in with both feet. Those are all the things that I wish uh, I knew as a young deputy. I think women in particular have a tendency to not to feel like I've got to do one more thing before I'm ready. I got to take one more class. I got to, I have to have one more assignment before I'm ready for that next step. We need to have more confidence in ourselves. We need to know that it's okay to make a mistake. If you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. It's trite, but it's true. Put yourself out there. Try different things. Learn as much as you can about everything and have fun. The fun part. You seemed like you were having fun as sheriff. You really did. I was. I was. I, if you're not having fun, I mean, we spend way too much time in our jobs not to have some fun with it and enjoy it. Uh, because, uh, you know, I was in law enforcement for 40 years. And I have to tell you, and I've heard other people say it, 
but it's so true. It goes so fast. Mm -hmm. So you've got to enjoy it. That's probably all of life. It is. I, I can tell you that I am leaving this wildly inspired and I feel like Wonder Woman right now. You are Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. she is. Yes, she is. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that day I asked you to please or kind of demanded of you <laughs> to be my mentor because I have learned so much throughout the years from your friendship and your leadership. So thank you for being on Behind the Crime Scene. Thank you. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Tracy. Um, this has been a lot of fun and you guys are, are doing some amazing things. So thank you for that. I truly value you as a listener and would love to show my appreciation. Visit me at GinaLOsborne.com and I will send you a free ebook called Five Strategies to Navigate a Male-Dominated Workplace. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and are feeling inspired, please subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite listening platform. Lead Like a Lady with Gina L. Osborne is produced and edited by Lisa Osborne. Theme music is Leading Lady by retired IRS criminal investigation attache Clarissa Balmaceda featuring Alex Castillo. Find us on social media through GinaLOsborne.com slash Lead Like a Lady. And don't miss an episode. Subscribe to Lead Like a Lady with Gina L. Osborne wherever you get your podcasts.